Hey, this is Double J, Jeff Jarrett, WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to the My One Two Three Cents Podcast. It's my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me a hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! Hey friends, welcome to episode 473 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast. Uh, joining me this week is Chad Smart. And Chad, uh, you actually had this idea. We were on the phone over the weekend and and you brought it up and I, I didn't really have a topic this week. And I mm-hmm. thought it's perfect because I did want to have some holiday themed shows. And so uh, if you do watch Seinfeld, and I know you don't watch Seinfeld, is that right? Or did I, I do not. The only my uh, I was gonna say objection, which isn't the right word, but my when you and I worked together at the TV station, yeah. Um, actually, I think it may have actually kind of predated you coming in, I can't remember exactly, but before the morning show was what it is now at, at the, um, our former employer, we didn't have a lot of commercial airtime that was being sold. And so every commercial break, because the station ran Seinfeld uh, reruns in the evening, they would always put in a Seinfeld commercial during every single commercial break. So I I think I've probably only seen maybe a handful of actual episodes, but I feel like I've seen every single promo for episode at least 50 times. And... So I get my my Seinfeld knowledge is through osmosis, not through actually watching the show. Well, it is my favorite sitcom of all time and maybe my favorite TV show. I don't know. But how uh, dare you? Mama's family is going to be so upset. <laughs> Mama's family is up there, too. Uh, but, you know, one of the big popular things of Seinfeld was. Uh, the Festivus episode, which Festivus is actually later in the month, but because of schedules and, and timing and, and whatnot, this week worked the best to, to do a Festivus episode. So we're kind of disguising, uh, uh, as we did an episode a while back, uh, yelling at clouds. We're, we're kind of uh, disguising it as that. So we're going to mm-hmm. vent some wrestling frustrations from the year of 2023 and kind of uh, share some opinions, some thoughts. Uh, and, I, and I thought this was a great idea, so I, I can't wait to, to get into it. But I do want to also, once again, thank everyone who donated to the My123 Cents action figure drive. As of this recording on Sunday, the 10th of December, uh, we have about $300. Well, we have $300 um, it raised monetarily and then a handful of toys. So uh, I will be shopping uh, later today or or in the next day or two and distributing those toys once again to Toys for Tots. I'll, I'll leave an update on the My123 Cents Facebook and Instagram pages, so be sure to follow along on those. So, uh, But again, everyone, thank you, Chad. Thank you. Uh, you've sent gifts every year, and then, of course, prizes to give away to folks. Uh, Cody, 
who won the uh, Eddie Guerrero T-shirt and rock ornament a while back. Uh, I tried to deliver to him last week, and he was uh, on the beach. So he is back here in Illinois now. So Cody, we will connect very soon. Not Rhodes, but uh, <laughs> Cody Grammer, a friend of mine from those days at WSIL, who probably has seen a few of those Seinfeld promos himself. So. <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, Chad, do you want to get the party started, so to speak, with uh, some grievances? Because the whole premise of Fe uh, Festivus is, you know, we're not going to obviously be able to wrestle each other or uh, or fight over the uh, metal pole, but uh, we can do the airing of the grievances. So do you want to get yeah. us rolling here? Sure, but I was just thinking, has I wonder if any independent wrestling promotion has done a Festivus pole on a pole match. That'd be good. Uh, That'd be good. Yeah. Mm, right, right. Send that off to Vince Russo in case he ever yeah, comes back. Um, yeah. I, and I, you know, was thinking about this yesterday after I talked to you and proposed the idea that, yeah, this is going to sound probably a lot like yelling at clouds. And I don't want to go too far into cloud yelling, but I just feel like it's more of a, um, you know, a sense of where we would like to see wrestling kind of be better or, in the words of Melania, be best next year. So, and also that, realizing that at you nearly fifty and me at fifty, that we are not the target demo for right. And um, also, no one is listening to us and going to make changes. So, do you feel like though, before we get too far into this, talking about age, has your? I mean, obviously, I, I know that mine has, but has your fandom changed over the years? I mean. Obviously, when we were younger, uh, you know, during the 80s, the heyday, the golden era, if you will, between Jim Crockett promotions and, and WWF and AWA, all, you know, there were so many choices and so many options. Um, it just felt like it, it felt so much different than it is today. And obviously, there's more out there to choose from, thanks to the Internet. You know, back in the day, you might be able to get four or five promotions in your hometown, depending on your cable system. But uh, these days, you know, you can watch from all over the world and, and all these different companies. But has your fandom changed at all? Do you get do you still get excited about wrestling? Uh, it depends. There are times, you know, like just recently I attended AEW Full Gear and, you know, being there in person, it was exciting. You and I attended WrestleMania this year. And I, I don't know, there was something about that. I mean, it was our 10th WrestleMania, so maybe the luster had wore off or the fact that it was two days and or the fact that you got kicked out and i didn't even know if we were going to get in i don't know it um but yeah wrestlemania didn't seem as big but i still get excited at times but i do think that my fandom definitely has uh waned a little bit and part of that like I said, is maybe just kind of having more of a life now whereas yeah. before when i didn't but uh, you know, like early in the early 2000s when the DVD market really kind of exploded and, you know, I was buying more, buying more independent wrestling DVDs. Um, there was something to look forward to, but now even with um, independent wrestling TV or high spots TV, if you want to go, you know, so, you know, they have different promotions too. I, I, I let my subscriptions lapse and cancel because I wasn't watching things as much as I used to. And, and granted, you know, between what is it? Uh, six, seven hours of WWE television, five hours of AEW. There's, 
a lot in two hours of, of impact TNA. And I guess if you really get desperate, there's an hour of wow, women of wrestling that you can find out there and also NWA. So, you, you know, even without really trying to watch wrestling, there's so much wrestling to watch. Um, and, and I guess I, I, I'll put a point in what my, I was going to start with and go um, with this aspect too. I don't, I don't know how much you follow the independent scene, but I don't feel like there's a lot of independent wrestlers that are must see right now, if that makes sense. Like, you know, it used to be like during the two that, you know, when you had CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Nigel McGinnis, uh, Samoa Joe, y'all on the independent scene, those were guys that you wanted to watch. And now I, I can't think of anybody that would make me buy, want to buy a DVD or watch a show just to see that person perform. Hmm. Our companies, because you brought up DVDs and it made me, it reminded me that I think it was announced this past week that WWE is is going to cease production of DVDs and Blu-rays. Uh, are the other independent companies still doing that? I know that you had, were buying a lot of that back in the day, but... Uh... Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, ever since Chikara shut down, I haven't really looked at the Smartmark video mm-hmm. website to know what they're doing. And I, I think they do a lot of the um, productions with independent wrestling TV so that I guess they've shifted over to the live production instead of DVD. But yeah, I don't know how many, I know PWG, um, here in California, they still put out DVDs like six months after the fact of the show. So that's another thing is timeliness of shows. Um, but yeah, the, unfortunately the physical market seems to be dying because I know Best Buy also announced, you know, they're going to stop selling DVDs and Blu-rays in store um, mm. next year. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I mean, it, I think it's just a, a sign of the times, you know, where we're seeing the changes and, and more people going, you know, paperless or itemless or however you want to la- label that. But it is an interesting trend. And I was, I guess I, I, I don't know if I was more surprised that they're going to stop making DVDs or if I was more surprised that they are actually still making DVDs mm-hmm. uh, in WWE because I hadn't seen like any kind of promotion for anything in a long time in that realm. So yeah. uh, I remember back in the day, you know, paper, you know, well, when we were kids, you know, we didn't get the pay-per-view every time it rolled around. So we would have to wait sometimes for that Coliseum home video to come out yeah. at the video store and go and rent the video cassette. Uh, even back then it was before they were selling them, but you know, after we go to WrestleMania or whatever, you know, they mm-hmm. release a DVD of it and yada, yada, yada. But it is an interesting uh, thing to think about. And sometimes, you know, I see a handful of people that are still clamoring for that physical copy of, of a movie or, or whatever, but mm-hmm. It seems like that's all going, you know, not just WWE side of things, but the entertainment industry is kind of following suit. Yeah. And to segue into that, I mean, it, I think a lot of people are kind of, especially collectors or cinephiles, are um, realizing that the streaming paradise that they thought it would be is not so much that movies are not available when you want to watch them, or, you know, they'll be there for a month and then disappear. And so, actually having the physical media is the way to go if you want it. So I know a lot of collectors are still buying because that's they want to have it on hand. Or if, you know, something happens and the film gets edited or, um, you know, put into a vault due to 
circumstances beyond control. I don't know, but, but yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I think they said that survivor series will be the last WWE DVD produced. And I, you know, I, I used to collect the big four. I didn't collect all the pay-per-views, but the big four, but I don't, I think WrestleMania 30 may have been the last Blu-ray that I bought. Mm. So, cause then the, the network launched and right. like, why do I need to have the DVD? I can just go here. And, and it is easier to hit the play button on a TV than to switch over to a DVD player and put the DVD in. And, yeah. Well, that being said, what, uh, I think I kind of interrupted your flow. Uh, there. So, uh, c- continue on with your original thought. My original thought, and this is uh, this is probably the big one, but I'm going to start with it instead of saving it for the end. And that is just, I mean, you and I have talked about it many times, the, the tribalness of, not the tribal chief, but the tribal mentality of wrestling fans and the negativity of wrestling fans on social media, which I get it. The whole purpose of social media is to be negative and complain about everything. That's why it was created. That's why it will stick around. But this whole it seems like in the last year or so, the WWE versus AEW mindset has just been uh, ramped up because, you know, WWE did has had a hit with the tribal chief and the bloodline storyline, which personally I think has gotten a little stale and they need to do something to freshen it up if they're going to keep it around. Uh, I don't know how you stretch out Roman Reigns being champion through WrestleMania, except for the fact that he only shows up once every three months. Um, but that, and then AEW, you know, AEW has been around for four years and not every company is going to have peaks the entire time. You're going to have valleys. And I think right now AEW is kind of going through some learning curves or some growing pains, but you know, if you go online, it's just all doom and gloom. And there are many reasons for that. I think one, uh, AEW runs the same cities too often, too close together and ticket prices, you know, we're the way the economy is right now, sensible people. And I say sensible because I am not one of them. Um, <laughs> you know, they're not going to be paying <coughs> two, $300 a ticket every two months, three months to see a show. And, and so, yeah, the, the attendance for AEW is down. Um, I'm sure there are several reasons why, but the whole doom and gloom aspect of the online community of, you know, AEW is going out of business and, oh, they lost CM Punk and, and Jade Cargill. And, and I'm like, that every wrestling promotion has lost wrestlers. You know, I mean, look at how many WWE lost to AEW when it started up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so I think... I, I wish in the next year or so that there can be a more positive spin on things and not, not, you know, not lying or, you know, making it sound better than it is, but just focus also, unless you have a dog in the fight, you know, why, why do people care how many people show up for a show? You know, unless you're, unless you're making money off of the attendance, what, what effect does it have on you? I, you know, and I, I agree with you on the, the tribalism part and, and whatnot. I, I will counterpoint you with, from my perspective of, of watching via social media, mm-hmm. 
part of the tribalism, not all of it, because I can't blame it all, but I think that Tony Khan comes off to most fans mm -hmm. as kind of, um, I mean, for lack, you know, I guess this is the airing of the grievances. <laughs> He comes off as a Mark and not mm. Mark is, I think sometimes people use Mark in a derogatory way. So people use it as, you know, a way to describe himself. I think he comes off as a Mark in the uh, negative sense of the word where mm. it's everything that his company does is great, which obviously, yes, you would expect someone to promote themselves, but I just look at the way, and maybe it's a generational thing. Mm. Vince McMahon when he had his Twitter account going, I'm not so sure he was even the one posting those tweets, but it was never like this bragged. You know what I mean? Like it was with Tony Khan, it's always, you know, like the whole thing with um, the, the comedy made after the NXT thing with, with John Cena mm -hmm. and Undertaker not reaching a million views or where it's, it's stupid, petty little stuff like that. Yeah. That to me feeds that, that fight. Whereas I think if he would just go on and tweet and say, "Hey, Daniel Bryan's uh, Brian Danielson is here this week, and he's he's going to get in the ring," and not tell us every Thursday or Friday that I've got a big announcement coming up next Wednesday, I I think that was kind of that Dixie Carter syndrome where I, you and I back in those days mm -hmm. would talk about that all the time. So yeah. I think part of the tribalism comes from the players, but you're right as fans, you know just enjoy what you enjoy and AEW I think is in a unique situation wherein TNA you know when when the Jarrett started it I've listened to Jeff Jarrett's podcast it's very interesting I, I like listening to those episodes where he talks about the TNA impact early days because mm -hmm. I remember watching those pay-per-views at your house um, in 2004 and just kind of you know the Jarrett's never had that money Mm -hmm. to, to make it to where AEW is. And so as fans, we should be, we should be happy that there are alternatives because when someone does get released from WWE, now they can go to AEW and, and continue to make a comparable, if not more, uh, the, when they were in the WWE. So I never, ever want to see AEW or TNA or NWA or, or ring of honor go out of business, uh, but I do, you know, you and I do banter back and forth on on Instagram or, or on uh, uh, usually on Snapchat. But I, I definitely feel like AEW has been a, a a benefit for the wrestling industry. And again, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the CM Punk episode that we did on Music Mania. Would would Punk's moment have been uh, as exciting? a couple of weeks ago at Survivor Series, had he not been to AEW first? And mm -hmm. uh, I would argue, no, it wouldn't have been because at least AEW gave him a platform for a year and a half or two years. So I think that as fans, we need to chill and not be so like ready to pounce when the other side has a stumble along the way. Mm -hmm. And and I agree with you about Tony Khan. And, you know, you and I have joked about it, you know, that – you know, if it comes Tuesday and Tony hasn't announced that he has a huge announcement, like, yeah. can someone check on Tony to make sure he's okay? Like, you know, like, but, and, and I, you know, I mean, I, I will say 
Yes, Vince McMahon didn't do that on Twitter, but I think Vince McMahon did that on TV. You know, and part of it may have been the Mr. McMahon character of being braggadocious. Oh. I mean, what other oh, wrestling yeah. promoter has you know took on God and right, claimed, right. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Tony needs to, and I, I I agree. I think Tony is in a sense a maybe a money mark who. I think a lot of fans would be the same way though, if they had that money. And I think, oh, sure. you know, I don't know what he does with the Jaguars from, you know, the NFL mm-hmm. um, as far as their day to day and operation. But I think, yes, the, the AEW hierarchy of business should be more of his concern than, you know, scoring retweets and likes, but uh, you brought up a point or in your, in your talking, I, I thought of something and that is, um, I, I won't go political to tell you why I'll explain off air why I think this way, but, um, you know, WCW and TN ECW went out of business in 2001 mm-hmm. and it wasn't really, I mean, TNA and Ring of Iron started in 2002, but they were never really serious competition for WWE. You didn't have competition until 2019 when AEW launched. So you have a whole generation, two generations maybe, of wrestling fans who didn't grow up with competition. Like you mentioned earlier, you know, we had NWA, Jim Crockett, WWF, AWA, UWF, WCCW. I'm just going to keep naming off the alphabet. But so for us, you know, the older fans who grew up with these different territories that were all kind of on the same level. Yeah. So just, you know, for, for lack of, for argument's sake, I wonder if the fact that these newer fans don't have that experience, if that's where part of the tribalism comes from, where they're not used to. So they're like, I've been a WWE fan for X amount of years. That's where I'm dedicated to, or, um, you know, I don't really like WWE, but I like AEW. And so I have to put all my focus on AEW. That's a good point. It's a really good point. Yeah, if anybody under the age of 60 is listening to this show, please uh, let us know. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my thought. Do you have, a, you want to do your next? You know, I didn't make a, a list, okay. per se, okay. but I, 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 you know, the tribalism is definitely the biggest thing. Um, I, I just feel like, you know, when it comes to independent wrestling, hmm. You know, I had a handful of years of experience working on the Indies, and, and this year, you know, twenty twenty three, uh, kind of stepped away from Stride and, and from doing that. Um, and and in the wake of that, you know, kind of seeing new companies emerge and pop up. And well, I think that you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, it's great for the wrestling business to have other places to go. Uh, I think on the independent scene, on the local level, that sometimes almost gets a little too much. You know, this area is not huge in terms of uh, wrestling fandom, you know, mm-hmm. and now there are companies that are in, in some months you will see probably three or four different companies running shows uh, every week. And you can look at the pictures and the videos and see that the crowds are not, you know, robust and, and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. And, I'm not saying that there should only be one company or, or, you know, whatever, but I feel like 
and it's a lot of the same guys and, and women on the, on these cards that are going from show to show, but it's like, I, I just don't feel like the appetite is necessarily there. Um, or there's nothing that's making it different or stand out or whatever. So I, I guess I, I'm not exactly sure where I'm going with this mm. other than that, you know, I guess it's good that there are options, you know, back when, when you were still living here, we, we didn't have a whole lot of, of independent wrestling. And now to me, it almost feels like there's a little too much of it, but uh, you know, again, who am I to, to spoil someone's fun? And if, if, if these guys are, are, are getting out there and doing it um, I just worry about the sustainability of it, you know, getting it started and then, you know, does it all drop off and, and come to an end? And uh, cause I do like the idea that guys have a place to wrestle at home and, and they're not on the road and they don't have to travel very far. But uh, on the other hand, you know, maybe maybe four or five shows a month for this area to support. Mm -hmm. it, it's just kind of a big ask, I think. So because there's not more than probably 20 or 30 miles between these areas. So mm -hmm. the fans will travel, I think. But uh, we've we've seen that time and time again with Stride, you know, fans coming from, you know, St. Louis area from time to time and, and, you know, different parts of this region. But again, I guess to each his own and, and we'll see uh, how things pan out. I, I wish none of these companies anything but the best. I wish all of these companies nothing but the best. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I, I know where you live, there's probably a lot of, of independent wrestling as well, but you know, you're, you're in the second largest city in the mm -hmm. country. So. Yeah. And you know, there are show a lot of shows and probably more than I'm aware of because my social media following is limited to just a few local wrestlers. And so they'll promote, you know, whatever shows they're on. But I think the biggest problem out here, and I guess, you know, even um, in Southern Illinois too, and probably other places is one, the shows have varying degrees of talent. So, you know, someone will have guys that are just starting out. I should say guys and and females, wrestlers, we'll just say, wrestlers that are just starting out that are getting, you know, getting the reps in to become better. And then some that have the name talent that are flown in from across the country. And, you know, the problem is the, the shows that you don't know the people. I think there's a problem, you know, unless you're like a diehard wrestling fan and you go to it, I think wrestling fans want to see people they know. So those smaller shows probably don't get the attendance that they should because of, you know, the lack of known availability or known quantities, but also the price tag for tickets, um, you know, is there. And then the name brand, I yeah. told you, I, like when I moved out here, um, I would go to PWG shows once a month or every other month. And it was like, I think it was like 20, $30. And now it's like a hundred dollars if you want to sit ringside and $60 just for general admission. I'm like, and granted, uh, PWG has had some issue, personal issues behind the scenes this year. So they haven't run as many shows, but when they were doing shows once a month, like that sustainability isn't there for the average person. So I think, unfortunately, with wrestling, that's one of the biggest issues is cost is, you know, how much does it cost to get into a show? And then especially on the indie circuit, because wrestlers are selling merchandise they're selling you know it's do you want 
the picture? Do you want the t-shirt? Do you want this? It's uh, so I, I'm with you that I, I, I mean, I think any company that wants to make a go and if they can do it more power to them. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see over the next few years, how, how much, how, if these companies stick around, how, how often they run. Um, you know, when you were here in March, we went to wrestling pro wrestling and I think they've also had some issues um, behind the scenes. They have not ran a show since that show, and they just announced their next show is in February. Wow. I, so, I, I wondered. I did see that they're running a show in February. I didn't realize yeah. the one that we went to was the last one. Yeah, and I think it had something to do with the building they were running in and whether or not it was available or whatnot. So, Because I think their, new, their next show is in a new location. So... Um, but yeah, you have that aspect of it. So, uh, yeah, and it's like, I mean, I guess, it, you know, it's kind of like films these days, too. There are so many films that get released and thrown onto it, you know, the streaming platform that no one's watching everything. So, but I don't know. I don't know. Is too much entertainment a bad thing or is it just the future of entertainment? You know, yeah, that's a good point. I think it's kind of the future of the inter of, of entertainment because when we were growing up, and again, I hate referring back to when we were kids and sounding like that, but, you know, in St. Louis, where I lived, you know, we had the three main channels and then uh, an independent channel, KPLR, which aired a lot of the wrestling stuff, and then a PBS station. So, and this was before Fox was a thing. So we really had five channels to choose from before the days of cable. And so mm -hmm. you were watching everything. You did see everything that was coming through, but now with all the streaming and, and different versions and, you know, between podcasts and, and watching YouTube videos or watching TikTok or whatever it is that you're, however you're consuming your, your entertainment and information uh, varies. So, uh, you know, I would assume that the, the men and women who do participate in wrestling, pro wrestling, for example, even though March might've been their last show under that banner, I'm sure many of them were wrestling and doing things that yeah. other, because uh, uh, I think most of their performers are, are pretty local as well to that area. Mm -hmm. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah. And I know, like I said, the, the couple that I follow, I know have done other shows and work for other companies, but, um, but then, you know, it's the difference between wrestling pro wrestling and another wrestling promotion. It's, it's a different, you know, it's, it's like Chikara and ring of honor. Like guys may have worked both shows, but they're not the same yeah. style of show, you know? So, um, um, going to segue and silly silly kids segues are for kids silly rabbit segue are for kids i don't know what i'm saying here anyway um what are my issues and, and again you and i talk about this a lot off off camera off air but i would like to see wwe change up their booking format and i think a lot of the like i've said i don't watch raw or smackdown on a weekly basis one as we discussed earlier, there's so much wrestling available. You know, I can't do it. But also it's like um, I have a cousin who just got into wrestling again after like 20 years. And he got into AEW. Um, and that's what his main focus is. And we've talked about WWE. And he'll like, he's like, yeah, I watch the premium live events, which I don't know if PLE will ever sound as right at like pay-per-view or PPV. But um, 
But he's like, I can't watch the show because it's the same show week after week. And we joke about, okay, who's going to open up Raw this week? Is it going to be Judgment Day or is it going to be Cody Rhodes? You know, who's going to open up SmackDown? Is it going to be the Bloodline or whoever the Bloodline's feuding with? You know, it's they have so many talent, so much talent there. And, you know, AEW is the same way. I think they do a better job until the last month when they started this Continental Classic tournament where the same guys are wrestling this, you know, this, I think they, what is it, six guys in each bracket and the same six wrestle every week on Dynamite and the same six wrestle on Collision because they're, it's a round robin tournament. But, um, but other than that, but I think WWE just seems like so the weekly television isn't really meaningful. And so I would like to see some change in that regard. And I don't know how much you pay attention or, um, I, you know, I see a lot of the I'm watching via social media and while mm. I do watch the PLEs and you're right, it does not have <laughs> PPB, but, uh, but no, I see what you're saying and I, I understand uh, from, from that perspective. And, you know, it, it does feel like back even during the uh, Monday night war, you know, mm. we got into that formulaic kind of way of doing raw yeah. And I don't think it even even under now the the Triple H administration, if you will, I, I don't necessarily feel like it has changed much in that regard. I feel like the creative has gotten better. Uh, I, I the talent definitely is better. I don't feel like with WWE as much as it used to be. It's not as cartoony, I guess. It, you don't have to necessarily. Uh, suspend your your belief so i i feel like that's some good things about it but but yeah i do think that it it does become kind of stale and and mundane but you know and the other thing is uh from what i've noticed sometimes too especially with with aew i feel like um whenever there seems to be a little bit of a a controversy or something negative surrounding Mm -hmm. one of their talent that overshadows whatever successes they seem to have. And that kind of is going back to the whole wrestling tribalism thing, but just watching on social media, to me, it feels like the Sting retirement storyline is more revolved around Ric Flair right now than it is around Sting. And and that may just be the perspective or the perception of, of seeing it on social media, but hmm. here, you know, I can't believe Ric Flair said this, or I can't believe Ric Flair did that and, and whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, and I think real quick, I think that goes back to what I was saying about fans that weren't grown up dur- or, you know, weren't fans during the heyday of WCW because Ric Flair is Ric Flair and good, bad, whatever you want to think. Yeah. He's been this way for 40 years. You right. Know? It's just, you know, things that he said allegedly, that were cut out of a recent promo or things he said back on WCW Saturday night. Again, different time. It was allowed, but um, I don't know. I disagree with you in that regard. I mean, I think flair has been a focus, but I don't think I I'm curious how they're going to draw out the sting retirement tour for the next four months, because uh, you know, I've, I've joked with you about, the all in promotion, which is their next Wembley show in, in um, August. 
Like if they promote that on every single show for the next eight months, that's just going to be overkill. But Sting, yeah, unless they, you know, even just having Sting come out and cut promos to be like, hey, thanks, city, for the memories. And, you know, I did this in this city. And that's going to get stale as well, too. I think they hopefully have a plan in place. I'm not going to count on it. But, um, but yeah, I do think that they do need to uh, not run into the, the, um, for uh the of doing the same thing over and over with sting in each stop you know and if you're going to do that do it off camera you know just do it for the fans in attendance well and let me clarify when i said that it felt like rick flair is overshadowing mm. i didn't mean from aew's perspective i mean from the uh, like uh, what i'm seeing on social media as a result of you know the flair promo that got mm. apparently uh, and I don't know what was said or whatever. I was trying to kind of figure that out, but that's that's what I meant. I didn't necessarily mean that that AEW is is overdoing it with Flair. Hmm. Saying, but, yeah, um, and I think what Flair said, if I remember correctly, is something about like inviting a bunch of women back to his hotel room to party. Eighteen to twenty-eight, no husbands or yeah. boys. Very hot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, some are EMTs so they can. Right. No kidding. Okay. So yeah, that, that's, that was my kind of thing with Sting and, and Ric Flair. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, and, and speaking of Sting, I, I, I did a more of a, a dive into his career last week, but I, I do feel like um, it's going to be interesting to see. And I don't know if, if he's a part of every week's show or, or, or not, um, or all three shows. I know they do, you know, like you said, they're doing five hours of, of wrestling each week as well. And, um, I think part of what made Sting fun and, and interesting and unique in this last run was that he was kind of an attraction. He wasn't there all the time. And so these last four months, like you said, if, if they do that, it, it may, it may turn some fans off, but I don't know. I don't know. And I know, you know, some of the complaints that I've seen online too have been that Sting is undefeated in AEW, but mm-hmm. But he's been used in a lot of multi-man matches, you know, tag matches, six-man tags, and they've kept him away from the title scene. It's not right. like, even the tag titles, you know, they never have challenged. So he is used more as the attraction spot, which is where I, obviously a 63-year-old man, if he's going to be in the ring, should be, you know, he, he should not be champion. And I hope they don't decide to give him like a, a token title run just to say that he was champion, but I am curious to see who they will choose for his final opponent or who he chooses. Um, part of me thinks it will be Darby Allen just as a completing the passing of the torch. But um, I would also like to see it be Ric Flair and Flair turn on him one last time because I am a sadist. Well, I figure it's, it's Flair is going to turn on him. And and I didn't know if it would be, you know, Darby Allen with Rick mm-hmm. Flair at his corner then uh, against Sting, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I do. It, it's, it's keeping people on their toes and, and curious about what's going to happen. So, uh, but you, you you've got to inevitably think that that Flair is going to turn on him at some point, or maybe Sting turned on Flair. I don't know. Flair. Wow. Yeah. Maybe they can, if they could just get a YouTube show together and, do that that'll be fine but uh i really the only other thing that i was going to point out in my grievances is 
um, kind of going off of what I was saying about WWE being form- formulatic and repetitive, AEW also needs to, I would like to see them figure out new booking for their TV, new timing sheets, basically, for their TV show. Because it seems like every single match has a commercial break. They all, I was, if I would have had more time, I wanted to look up how long each match over the last like six months on Dynamite and Collision ran, because I think they're all about the same amount of time. And not every match needs to have a commercial break. And, you know, there's there's a difference between a, a 15-minute match and a 30-second squash. Like, there's in-between time in there that you can better book. But, and I don't know if that's just Tony has his one timing sheet and he just crosses out the names and puts in whoever's wrestling that week. But uh, it does make the show seem very uh, predictable. Yeah, I would say if, you know, we were gifting uh, people in wrestling gifts this holiday season, I, I would give Tony Khan with um, some support staff that he can actually mm. rely on and count on. Um, I, I am sure they are there and giving him that uh, permission, if you will, to let mm. other people step up. You know, I know Vince McMahon back in the day was was the final call, but he also surrounded himself with Bruce Pritchard and Pat Patterson and, uh, you know, Jim Ross. And, and there were other uh, people there that were hiring the talents or making, you know, booking the end of the uh, house shows and, and helping with the pay-per-views. And, and I don't think Tony Khan has that support. And I don't know if he's just not let it happen or, you know, what it is, but. I think that for the the sake of of his his health and 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 longevity, you know, I can't imagine going at this pace for the next forty years like Vince McMahon had done. So it, it would definitely benefit him and I think the product if if he were maybe not as hands on in mm-hmm. every every aspect of it. And again, you can still have that oversight, but not that constant uh, hand in the cookie jar, so to speak. Yeah. And I think the biggest area where that is could be seen is separation of AEW and ring of honor and maybe hires people to oversee ring of honor. And you just kind of, okay, storylines or matches and, but you're not, it's not TK's focus. He should be focused on AEW. What, you know, you mentioned earlier too, you were, you talked about something about, uh, social media or YouTube shows Sting and, mm-hmm. and Blair starting a YouTube show. What are your thoughts on stories that are developed or grown on social media like YouTube? I know that for a while there, there was a lot of stuff going on with the young bucks and, and being the elite uh, that maybe if you weren't watching that, you weren't getting some of the references mm-hmm. that were being made on television. WWE has dabbled with that as far as like, talking about a quote unquote Twitter war between, you know, mm-hmm. two superstars. Um, but if you weren't following along, you, you were, you know, and social media is so evolving and fast paced and changing. Yeah. And, you know, if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss out. So what do you feel about companies that do utilize social media outside of the normal television box, if you will? Uh, I think it, it, it can be done well, and also, as you said, it can also be a way to somewhat alienate your audience because um, it is a new way to 
to start feuds um, or start storylines. But yeah, you have to figure out how you're going to um, showcase that on on, the, on your program. You can't just have it be on you know a Twitter feud or a YouTube clip, and then at your next show have the match and be like, "Hey, these people are fighting now." It's like you have to tell the audience why they're there. And and the problem is not all your audience is on social media or they're not following along to all your shows. And and I, I would be curious to know how much, you know, what percentage of wrestling fans do follow the like I know WWE has the bump that they do on um, either YouTube or Peacock. And like you said, they AEW did have being the the elite, which uh, from the times that I watched it, never really had anything of real note that carried over to the show, but it did give you maybe an aspect in, into um, different wrestlers that weren't focused on AEW programming. You know, I know like um, Ryan Nemeth would show up a lot on being the elite. And um, I don't think he's, I can't tell you when he was on AEW television last. I think he's does more ring of honor, but you know, and the Dark Order kind of got their um, characters over on being the elite, and that hasn't translated over into AEW because because they're not used. Um, I mean, they're basically choppers to the stars, and you know, and that's one of the things I do. I, one change in AEW over the last year or so is the uh, they used to focus on the wins and losses, uh-huh. and you know, they'd be like, "Oh, this team's on a fifteen match winning streak. So that's why they're getting a tag team title shot. And it's like that team has not been on AEW television in eight months. They all their wins have come on the YouTube series Dark or Elevation against, you know, job or team. So now you're telling me that this team is going to beat your tag team champions. Like, you know, I, I think that was a, a corner they kind of backed themselves into when they first had launched and said that wins and losses were going to matter and they're going to treat it like you know, legitimate sports. But, do they still but do yeah, still as focused on that? They they mention it, but then it's not as far, you know, it's not why someone would get a title shot. Now title shots are more storyline driven. Um but because they don't have the YouTube shows anymore since they started Ring of Honor and Collision. Um so yeah, I think uh but I do definitely think that they need to focus more on a good separation of talent of, you know, who's going to be on the ring of honor roster. Who's going to be on AEW, keep them separate, keep the titles to the respective brands. Don't put ROH titles on AEW wrestlers and the like. So, um, but again, and I think, you know, part of that just comes from a ring of honor, not really having television, you know, they just have the, on the the web show on the Ring of Honor website. So maybe that will change next year. Also, it would be nice if uh, if AEW could get added to the Max platform and you know not have to buy pay-per-views and they can become PLEs and whatnot. But that would be nice for my wallet. Well, and one last thing that I came to my mind as you were talking there mm-hmm. is something I would change in in wrestling and it kind of goes back to that tribalism, but also that expectation of fans. And that is when something doesn't go the way that we thought it was going to go, you know, then it becomes a horrible idea, you know, 
we were talking about AEW a minute ago, and, and to me, the devil storyline, uh, based on the rumors that I've heard, you know, versus who people are hoping or wanting. And at one point, Punk's name was was in that mix, which obviously that's not going to happen. So now it feels like if it's anybody less than Punk, there's going to be this disappointment and this outrage uh, amongst fans. So I, I think that fans need to temper their expectations and not be so, uh, you know, expecting of one thing. And then when that doesn't happen, instead of waiting to see how that story is going to play, yeah, immediate criticism. So, yeah, you fantasy book your own scenario. And then when that doesn't happen, it's a terrible decision yeah. because it's not the one you came up with. And yeah, I'm curious to see how they're going to play off the devil. I mean, logically, I can only think of one person that it should be based on storyline. So, I will be curious to see if it's not that person, how they explain it. Um, I'm also, again, going back to the sadist in me, I want it to be Shane McMahon and, or, uh, or even Vince. Maybe that's why Vince sold all of his stock in WWE um, or Ole Anderson. I mean, and right. then you could tie Ric Flair into it. Um, but as long as the devil isn't doing magic tricks, then I guess we're okay. Absolutely. Anything else, Chad, you want to add to this week's Festivus episode? Um, I, I'm just glad that this wasn't as cloud yelling as I was oh. thinking it was going to be. But, you know, I'm curious, you know, fans listening, like what their thoughts are and, you know, what they would like to see change or um, the companies do. And uh, I, I just... I'm hoping I can convince you um, since you said you're, you're done with WrestleManias. We're not going to WrestleMania 40 to see CM Punk finish Cody's story. Uh, um, but hopefully I can drag you to Greensboro, North Carolina to see Sting's final match. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and to show you how awesome AEW is live and you can take your I heart Aubrey sign. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't mention her. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. All righty, Chad. Well, thank okay. you for being a part of this week's episode. Thank you mm -hmm. for uh, your support through the years, obviously, as well. Friends, I want to thank you for checking out this week's episode. Happy Festivus to you a couple of weeks early. And let us know what's on your mind. Have a great week. And we will talk again soon. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.